but I will. I'll call her. I promise I'll call her soon. And will you, will, will you record the conversation? I'd love to hear it. How old is she? 90-something, mid-90s. Mm-hmm. Last time you talked to Steve. It's it, it, who? It's who? <laughs> it's Howard. Who? <laughs> who? Howard. Oh, how are you, Howard? I should just are call you. you still in the army? <laughs> <laughs> I should just call you and record it. I'm sorry, Dan. What were you saying over this uh, improv bit we just did called Calling uh, Auntie Ruby? <laughs> I was just going to say, maybe we should ask Steve because he talks to Ruby. Oh, no. Steve is right in there with the Ruby. I don't know. I think for some reason, it, like, I don't think she has any money, but maybe that's what Steve's up to. Edmonton Steve's up to trying to, like, curry her favor. But come on. Steve's a different type of human being. Come on. <laughs> he is. A lot, more, more, a lot more warm and compassionate. You know, cares about other people. You know, you know. You know. <laughs> You don't you don't think Steve's up to that kind of caper kind of thing we would we would think of Auntie Ruby Auntie Ruby Auntie Ruby yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh it's uh it's Howard you're uh, the young the dad, dad's youngest yeah. Oh. Oh. oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Steve. Are you home yet? Steve. Front. Yes, I'm home from the front. Steve told me that uh, he doesn't want any of your money, so it's okay if you leave it all to me. I'll do that, son. I will do that. What you gonna do with it? <laughs> Steve's gonna. Here's the thing, though. Steve will fucking hate this bit. <laughs> he will. <laughs> He will not enjoy this piece of comedy. It's all good. What do you mean Steve doesn't want my money? I give him a thousand a month to look after me. That's right. That'll, that's what we're going to find out, that Steve's yeah. in there getting a bursary from Auntie Ruby. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Dan. You, Dan, thank you for your concern, for your Ruby inquiry. I just wondered, you know, yeah. she's getting on. She's getting on. And these are, you know, precious times, precious few days you gotta, you gotta live every day. I don't want to think about it, man. Like once you get in your eighties, it's just, you know, a man in his eighties in Canada. You just want, you sit there every day and just look at the clock. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. I can't wait for that part of my life. It's like wow, like the end is near. It's like getting ready to leave a vacation or oh yeah, you're you're leave done. Leave a party. It's like yeah. you know, I'm getting ready to leave this this life. Must suck. Although I guess your eighty year old brain gets around it and you like I know an old guy up north, Papa Doug, who's almost ninety and he just seems to have a good he seems he seems to have a handle on just sort of living in the moment, eh, Dan, you know what I mean? I don't Absolutely. And I and there's somebody yeah. that's associated with the Peter Earl Theater Guild where I am. She's like eighty four, eighty five, uh. six somewhere in there. She's Wait. out walking, she's partying every, all the time. So Dan, you're saying that Papa Doug is not sitting around going <laughs> looking at the clock saying, What am I doing? What am I here for? Why I should just shut it down like Fred's going to be? He's out there on his uh, chair looking out at the lake all the time. And, there you uh, go. You see what's going on. Yeah. Smoking a cigar. And yeah, that does he, that. And he's he's sharp. You can talk to him about anything. No, I don't mean what you say, Howard. It's just got to be in the back of your mind that, you know, the thing is, here I am, 87, and the chances are I may not even see 90. So it's like this three-year window isn't like, okay, I'm going to do this business for three years. Or yeah, and there's no guarantee. No, I listen, yeah. I, even though I am, you know, 
semi mocking you. I, I'm, I'm, I've thought of it myself that, you know, when you get to be in your, once you're, you know, for a, a male in Canada, average age, I think is 82 something, which is pretty good yeah. in the, in the modern world. And, and you get into your late seventies even, and you start thinking, okay, well, how many more I've thought of this before when you're 83, do you think you'll see the 80, the next year's masters or the next year's super bowl, whatever it is you're, yeah, oh, this is yeah. This is what I'm talking about. I'm on it. And we're we're into our twelfth year of this show. You don't need to ask me twice to get down on the dirt the dumps with you. I'm there. <laughs> yeah. into, we're dumps. into our twelfth year of this show. Yeah, <laughs> and it went by like that. And it seems the older you get, the quicker it goes. So another twelve years goes by, and I'll be my next birthday. I'll be eighty eighty nine. Twelve years from now, or seventy nine. I'm sorry. Well, no, no, no. Seven years. Yeah. Twelve years. Oh, for all okay, okay. yes, yes. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Believe yeah. me, I've done the math. Well, you did say something before we hit record. Not that I was surprised, but I was sort of reminded about our passing ages that you were talking about turning 67. Is that your next birthday? Yeah. Jesus, man. Slow it down. Because I remember having discussed this with you, and you're like, oh, I'm going to be 65 and get an old age pension. I'm like, what? My little Freddie? My little Freddie's getting an old age pension? And then when you said in this conversation we were having prior to Dan signing that you said something about turning 67, I'm like, Jesus, man. That's right. The Fred man's going to be 67. Same with Steve. I think Edmonton Steve. He's getting up there, 66, 67. Dan, on your next birthday, do you have any concept of how old you'll be? No, he has no idea. No, I'm, 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 uh, what am I, 64, maybe 64, is that right? 63, somewhere in there. Oh, come on. You know what, don't no, be, ch- I, you're childish, this childish exchange. <laughs> okay. What year were you born, Dan? Okay, it was 58. Yeah, well, you're two years behind me, or a year and something behind me, and if I'm, you're going to be 65, Dan. No. Aren't you? Come on, no, I can't be 65 yet. I'd have more of a panic inside me, I think. You were only two. I'm going to be 67. If I'm going to be 67 in 23, you would have to be 65 in 23 of 58. Yes. Yes, Dan. No, come on. Really? Dan, Howard, help this man with okay, some math. If, if 1958. Think about it, Dan. 2023. Yeah, you're two years older than me, and I'm turning 63. Yeah. <clears throat> so... In, is it your is your excuse me is your birthday in March something yeah in March twenty seventh yeah you're turning sixty five Dan oh, oh. Wow. well start fi- you know what you should start looking at filling out your stuff for CPP because you got to do it a few months in advance and that will get you a raise from this gig <laughs> <laughs> that's right get a little okay. bump Dan's gonna get a little yeah, nice bump up twenty three <sighs> right. Well, geez, now I, I got to, I didn't even think about that till now. Thank you, guys. Well, I don't know. Listen, this whole charade, I say charade now, yeah. this whole charade of you not knowing how old you are, no one's buying it. It's the, I mean, I know you're a smart guy. <laughs> you're self-aware. 
You know what? Well, you, I was. You know I was what age you are? I'm going to turn 65 in March. Believe me, I, you know I'm 62 to 64 issues where my brain sits at. It's okay, that's somewhere in there. I don't. I don't pay attention to it. I want. I don't want to know. Maybe that's no, I get it. it I just man. don't want to. Know. Maybe you've got it right. Yeah, Maybe but it's not something you don't want to know. It's your age. <laughs> like you can't really choose. I don't want to know. Well, oh, no, but he, listen, just look how happy he was prior to us telling him yeah. he's 65. <laughs> look, look at the oblivion he lives in. And he's much more uh, at ease. I know what it is with Dan. Dan's very image conscious. And I think it just bothers him. You know, Father Time may beat up on him with that. He, You know, he does a good job of grooming himself properly and keeping his weight off. But Father Time sometimes can just beat up on you. You're defenseless against it. And I think this is a concern with Dan. He doesn't want to be the guy that walks in the room and, you know, he's the senior, the elderly gent. And it's inevitable. That's going to be you, Dan. Yeah, I know. You know, you've hit the nail on the head there. Oh, I, I, I don't even I know, but I so don't feel this age. I'm sure you guys don't feel your age either. Uh, no, actually, I don't. Uh, I mean, it's funny you said you seem you, you feel like you're somewhere in the 62 to 64. I mean, inside my brain, I certainly don't think of myself as somebody in his early 60s. And yet when I walk by my reflection in a mirror on the, you know, out and about, uh, we were hanging out in Paris there. I, I, I still think that I'm somewhat current until i catch a glimpse of myself and i'm like jesus man what happened to you yeah i'm the same way i don't like pictures of me i don't like walking by a mirror it's the and for whatever reason you know we all have our same our you know somebody else can look at you and say hey man you're looking good for your age and for your age you know sort of tugs at you a bit but that's reality but within ourselves it's like it's tough to see yourself Age. Oh yeah, I, I there's mean, no turning back. It's not like again when you're in your 30s, you look at yourself and say, "Oh, maybe I should change my hair, or maybe do this or do that." You can't. There's very little defense right. against this. It's certain, uh, yeah, pri- at this age, really, you're just trying to, you know, maybe not to get too doughy. Uh, like you know, I mean, you could dye your hair, but that looks silly. But it's funny, you know. Yes, for our age, we look good. But Dan, you you still—that's the thing about you. Like, I don't care what age you're turning. Everybody, man, woman, child, beast—they all look at you with admiration and uh, how you know how you're handsome and all. You're, you know, that's not going away for you anytime soon. Yeah, but Buddy. see, Howard, that therein lies the problem. His daily fear is that will over time and maybe quicker than he wants it to happen. Well, that's why we've started a uh, DM Dan Duran that he's handsome. <laughs> Welcome to. You know what? He's that. He will be that. He's that really <laughs> handsome elderly gent. That's right. Mm-hmm. Look at oh old. Goodness. Look at uh, that. That uh, he's a he's a gilf. Mm-hmm. He's an old grandpa that all the babies love. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, listen, if you need to get a hold of Dan, just text him. Dan, you're still handsome. At uh, <laughs> I am Dan yeah, yeah. Right. You know, last week <clears throat> I saw. You know, David Foster. You know, the great singer, not singer, songwriter, producer, yeah. producer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Canadian producer, songwriting legend, whatever. Well, he's married to that Catherine McPhee, who won or finished second at American Idol way back 15, 16 years ago, whatever. And like, she's 38 and he's 73. And he looks pretty good, but he also looks like a guy who's 73 <laughs> trying to look 
55. That's another thing. That can be a problem, too. Oh, yeah. And I just think she's so young and vibrant. And third, you know, she's 38. And I'm thinking, God, you know, she's had a pretty good career on her own. It's not like she's after this guy for the money. What's he got at 73? But most other guys wouldn't. Have, you know what I mean? And it's like. Could you, well, well, I mean, yes, I can get my head around it. But visually, a guy like, you know, there's a lot of 73-year-olds that, you know, are from Milton that don't have the, the youthful energy that a guy like David Foster would have. And I'm not, to, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that you're wrong, that he still does look much older than her. But a 73-year-old guy, you know, with the life that he's led isn't quite the same age as a guy who's, you know, worked over at the Ford factory and is now retired. But 73, 74. Like, how well does your love pump work? For a for for a thirty eight year old, you know what I mean. It's like these are big years for her, like thirty eight, thirty nine. She needs a real good one, you would think, right? <laughs> well, so how you know what kind like, of she? You think it or takes the pill? I'm, or I'm what? sure whatever whatever it takes. I'm sure there's ways that he's figured out around it. I mean, he's not you know he's. He's got access to the best science, Fred. <laughs> you know, I mean, we could all, we could ask the same thing. You're, you're 67 years old. And work real good. I mean, oh, for but that. I'm married to a 66-year-old. The point here is. Oh, yeah. Like a 38-year-old wo- woman is like still sort of in the height of her sexual fucking. Uh, well, it's like, you know what? Here's the kind of thing. Is that you, maybe you write David Foster a note, private note. Say, hey, Dave, just a couple questions. <laughs> What's going on? Are you still able to give? A ca- oh, they've been together for long enough. I'm sure they're. She's completely satisfied. He's still fathering children. He's, he's, he's squirting out well, kids and stuff. What does it take to get that sperm from his 73 year old bag out the end of his knob? Like, what does it take? Well, obviously, there's some work being done there. There's gotta be science. You say it. There's gotta be science. He's blinded by science. <laughs> Maybe they just go in and take it. They just harvest it while he's laying there. (laughs) Squeezing one out. Oh, yeah. These these are the things one thinks of when one sees pictures of couples like that. I'm I'm impressed. I loved her. I I liked her, too. I was going to say, I'm impressed you even brought that as a reference. I couldn't have told you who David Foster was married to. Well, when she was on American Idol, that's back when I used to watch it in the early days. And she and I l- fell in love with her. Yeah, she was juicy. Her, 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 and her voice. And she sang uh, somewhere under the rainbow one night. I, I, this is, I'm the, still remembering. Uh, over. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, don't even, I don't even correct that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you know. Day 67. I mean, yeah. yeah, somewhere under the rainbow. Yeah. I say under the rainbow. <laughs> yes, it's fine. Yeah. That's it's the same bad. thing yesterday that Bill Brio kept saying, uh, yeah, they're going to have 15-minute <laughs> ads every... I, I, we Remember Bill was on the show. I, I corrected yeah. him once. He, I said, they're, they're going to run... He said, 15-minute ads. I said, no, no, 15 seconds. Right. Yeah. And then he kept, he kept... He said it a couple more times. I'm like, ah, oh, it doesn't fucking matter. We all know what he means. Yeah, he meant like every 15 minutes or something. It doesn't like matter. Anyway, so you watched but, but her anyway, sing yes. somewhere under the rainbow. Somewhere over the rainbow, she sang, and I still remember it all these years later. And and as she gave her life to a guy who's like almost thirty years older than her. Oh, wasn't McCartney also married to somebody quite a bit younger? Yeah, he was still pumping it out there. He's still he's a guy, you know, he's in there somewhere in his seventies. Mm-hmm. You know. And you can't help but think, oh, come on. 
you're doing it for the money. You're doing it for the fame. It can't be for the physicality or the mental connection. Can't be. But you never know. Well, well listen, I mean, you can speak to that, Howard. What? <laughs> yeah, I can. I was going to say, this is what's uh, going on. I don't know what's going on out there in the suburbs, but you, you're, you seem to have it pretty uh, figured out, you know. Like you're telling a guy, you, your experience, you're putting it on a guy who's com- got a completely different experience. He's been probably having his, you know, wiener filled with goat embryo for 30 years and shit. <laughs> probably. You know, you're you know right. he's got it all right. pumped up and smoothed yeah. out. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's you going, know he goes in for regular get the vaccine so it wouldn't kill him. Goes in for regular wiener maintenance. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> check she, she has to remind him, right, Catherine? Don't forget, David. Okay, your appointment later this month for your wiener uh, Probably goes update in there. or whatever. Yeah, it goes in there and has some of the old, uh, it gets it all chiseled out so it was streamlined. <laughs> Dan, I'm sorry, what were you going to say? Okay. Update the software. Yeah, sure. Really, did I have anything to say? No. Well, I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, we were talking about something else before we hit record, too, and I guess we'll get back to it. But, I mean, one of the things we talked about before we talked about immigration was... That uh, November, traditionally, I've lived here since 1989, is usually my least favorite month. A lot, it's just for some reason, November in Toronto, Southern Ontario gets kind of dreary. And I've talked about this before. I call it Suckvember. But this year is uh, predicted to be one of the nicest. I mean, you were golfing yesterday. I was outside. It was like 22 degrees yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be 17 today and then sort of 19, 20 through the weekend. Yes, I will be playing golf with him. You know, I'm going of course you will. mask up, but uh, yeah. Don't, over, you, don't overdo it. Don't well, overdo it. I, you know, dude, I don't know what else to do. I mean, I'm still, I haven't, I don't feel any different than I did yesterday, but I. So yeah. told me that yesterday that their, their, uh, their doctor recommended aggressive sleep. You need to sleep a lot and drink a lot of water in your situation. Yeah, and well, I'm, I'm too. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not. I had a great. I've been sleeping great at night, but I'm also, like I said, a little bit. Uh, how How many days have you tested positive now? Well, I've I've had this now for over nine days. I know that because and I'm you're still testing positive. Well, I didn't test. But remember, positive. you get you get the symptoms. You you don't test positive. That happened to me, right? And, and you do, and it lasts five, six. Well, that's the thing is, I got these symptoms. <clears throat> These symptoms are now, you know, my very first onset of any symptoms is over 10 days now, but it didn't, it didn't really fully blow into a cold for, a, it's been a week now when I really started feeling poorly. And then I didn't get home until Sunday when that's the first time I tested. Uh, it is a little fainter, was fainter yesterday. But, but as uh, I said to you, there's no, not that you're obsessing over it. You just got to wait it out a few days. You'll be fine. You know what I mean? And I don't know what it's like. You, you test yourself and you so want that thing not to be positive. But believe me, in two days from now, it's, you won't be positive. And that's just the cycle. So just relax. Which is really, I've been negative so much in my life. It's hard to believe I'm positive three days in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, all of this by way of saying that uh, what is going on uh, is that uh, we're getting a uh, just an unusually nice fall weather here. I mean, obviously, we've talked about how sometimes the best month in Toronto for the temperature is September, September into October, because so much of July, August is punishing, you know, humid and very uncomfortable, especially here in the city. But this has now lasted 
Like they're even saying this on the Weather Network. What did they say yesterday? Something called it the uh, November start. Well, I'm saying here now it's saying it starts out impressively warm, but a shift in the weather pattern isn't far behind. Like this, I know we all like to think that maybe this is a year winter won't remember us. <laughs> we get passed over. We, we think we'll get passed over by winter, but, but it's the coming. Thing, the thing about this November, are we going to be able to play our November theme song? You know? Okay, what's our November theme song? It's sorry. It took me a second. It sounds like November, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, that November really sucked for these guys. On Lake Great Lake, they called Chick Chigumi. I used to play that song so much. Yeah, radio. We did. I, I got sick of sick of that song because it know, was CanCon. It was a good song to start out with, but you know, on the, the thousand third listen, it was just. Ugh. Well, the thing about this song that makes it so tedious is two things. We're right? not hearing it, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear it now? No, not like we usually do. Hold on a second. Uh, wait one you're not hearing that wait one no. second external headphones zoom audio you it's, a, it's a lengthy song is it not as well yeah, hold on like a second five six minutes Dan long. are you hearing that I know the odd oh. that good ship and true was a bone to be chewed you guys don't hear that yeah I think there's some that's sort weird. of a, a zoom uh, cancellation or something hold on that's you ridiculous original sound on uh, I do have all that original sound sorry off yeah. there we go now it's off zoom audio so just that alone, you think, was making a difference? Might. Okay, stand by. Yeah, the two things is it's very lengthy. Can you hear that now? Okay. The problem is it's long, and it's basically the same chords all the way through. There's not a, there's not a chord change after that. Whatever those four chords are. Uh, speaking of which, I, I haven't heard it, but I heard Stern talking about it, and I saw a couple clips of him uh, talking to Springsteen. Oh, nice. I wanted to point out, I think uh, you and I would both enjoy that, Dan, as well. Hmm. Uh, It was just basically Springsteen uh, and Stern. I guess it was Stern's first visit back to the studio. Oh, really? Yeah, it was just him in the studio with Springsteen. uh, next, And Springsteen was alone with the piano and a guitar talking about songwriting and... Anyway, the reaction I heard yesterday was the day after the interview, and it was uh, apparently Stern got a emotional at some point. You don't hear him do that very often. He got emotional talking about being in a room, listening to Springsteen mm-hmm. talk about Thunder Road, then all of a sudden start to play it. And here's the part I related to, and I know you guys might. He said, I, I just remembered being a, a music disc jockey all those years and playing Bruce Springsteen songs, and here was Springsteen in front of him, Mm-hmm. Playing those songs and talking about it, and I, you know, I can, you know, somewhat relate. But you know, just the I, I that's one of the things I do still like about Howard Stern is that he's still a, a radio guy enough to to be touched by that. You know, no, I get it, and to be in that position, right? That Bruce Springsteen takes your calls and actually agrees to do that for you <laughs> oh yeah like, it's like that story i told about will arnett and wayne gretzky right 
on a different level, but still, it's like he said, you know, I grew up at, you know, loving Wayne Gretzky, and now he wants to hang out with me. Like, what happened? Like, how did I, how did I get here? Well, for sure. How, how would it not make you an emotional, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, listening to Stern talk about it, and that's what made me just, I wanted to, I wrote it down thinking, I should tell Freddie, huh? Because I know you sometimes back go back and watch the interviews as well, and uh, it was the, it was one of those rare ones I, I haven't heard him talk about the way he did yesterday, how it it did touch him, and how he remembered being just a guy that played records at one point, and mm-hmm. here he was at the end of his career, and he even said that I don't know how much longer I'm going to be doing this, but it was moments like those that made him happy. He still was doing it. Mm-hmm. No, I. <laughs> I'm surprised he went to the studio because I listened just even a couple of weeks ago. I forgot what the interview was, but it just still super freaked out by COVID. Like, oh, yeah. Wow. And I don't know if this is uh, going to be just like the exception. Like, I don't th- it didn't sound like he was going back there to to do his show anytime soon. Mm hmm. Yeah. Now, Dan, you're a former weatherman. Do you have any insight as to why we're experiencing a, a better than uh, normal no, fall I, season? Uh, I didn't do the research this morning. I just, All right. I just looked. I looked at the, the weather network is saying that, that perhaps after this, this is over, that we may be in for a little bit more of a, <clears throat> a strong winter. But I had really. Yeah, I heard that, too, that we're going to have a tough winter here. Yeah. Howard, a tip, by the way, too. Eh? Try and keep your ball on the fairway. Like yesterday at Lionhead, the, the leaves were a bit of an issue, you know, off the course. They do a pretty good job of blowing it. But your course, there wouldn't be a lot of leaves, would there, on your course? Uh, some, I mean, there's, yeah, it's more of a wide open, you know, prairie look, but I'm not going there today. I'm going to a different course. That's also very tree lined. Yeah. So that can be a bit annoying. Well, it is a bit annoying. Pardon me. They do. They could do a good job of like at at a place like Lionhead. They do a great job of blowing the leaves, but later in the afternoon, they can't stay ahead of it. Right. If there's a little bit of a breeze. So even on the fairway, sometimes you hit the ball and it's like, where's my ball? Like all these, all these leaves shining. Yeah. Because of the angle of the sun. It's bizarre. Part of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Part of it is the, is the light, the way it bends Mm -hmm. in the fall. It's hard. Just even if it's on the fairway sometimes. Yeah. I just smiling though, because that's one of those great golf cheats. Is there a leaf rule? Like, you know, okay. Is there one? Not really. I mean, mean, there's, they call it the leaf rule because you're just playing for fun. And, you know, if you lose your ball in the middle of the fairway and you don't want to take a stroke for it, you know, know, okay. If you hit it down the middle and we can't find it, yeah, go ahead. But it's when you, it's when you hit it three fairways over, like, oh, that's the leaf rule. It's the leaf rule. (laughs) You're not even on the golf course anymore. You're in someone's yard. There's no leaf rule if you're in someone's yard. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, how's, how's your fall ball budget there, uh, Fred? Did you? Uh, did you lose many? No, I didn't. Because again, I don't hit the ball far, but I do. You know, you I do a pretty, a pretty good job of keeping it on the golf course. And, yeah. but I don't hit it far. I so it wasn't a major issue, um, for me. But I, I, I maybe lost a couple in the leaves, but. It can become annoying. I, I, it's more from the fan. More the aggravation more comes from that, Howard. Like you know, you've put it in the fairway, but where is it? <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's more for the fans. I'm like, oh yeah, the fans. For the fans. <laughs> so it really is disappointing for the fans when they're watching you yeah. play. Uh, you know that's true though. I mean, you can hit a decent shot, and you can begin because of, there's so many leaves on even on the fairway, and it's hard to find it. But there's really like I'm gonna. Even though I've got the vid, I'm going to be careful. I'm going to mask up and uh, 
I'm going to play today, and hopefully uh, I'm going to play a couple times this weekend. Our course closes mm-hmm. on Sunday. That'll be the end of it. But, you know, I was talking to, there's a guy that we've been trying to do some business with out in Alberta, and he sent me a note yesterday just trying to line up a meeting, and he said, oh, yeah, here, give me a note from Wintry, Alberta. I'm like, oh, yeah, in parts of the country, they're already, you know, shoveling snow. So we don't have much to complain about here. Yeah. Yikes. If you saw a big pile of leaves on the golf course, would you jump in it? Maybe there was a time I would have done that. <laughs> but uh, I'm, <laughs> afraid, I'm a dad. I'm at the age and I'm afraid to jump into bed in case I hurt mm-hmm. myself. <laughs> in case I uh, do something wrong. <laughs> That's mm. right. Because I, I do it wrong. <laughs> I saw yesterday. I saw our, our friend Jamie Watson. He came out. Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Um, oh, we're yeah. talking and he says, I play ball hockey on Monday nights. And I said, do you really? And I, I found that intriguing. I thought, I love ball hockey so much. He said, do you want to come out? And I said, well, how old are the guys? And he said, probably 55 up. And I said, could I? And he said, yeah, I'll ask. He said, you know, it's like 90 bucks for the season. I said, I don't care about the money. I just, I'm trying to get my head around. Is it the right thing for me to do? To run up and down a That's gymnasium right. floor. And he said, you know, it's not the pace is, you know, it's the pace is older guy. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, I... I would just love to experience that one more time. I said, let me run it by Delise and see what she says. I came home and told her, and she said, are you crazy? And she's dead right. She said, you don't know. You may, it's not a case of you falling or, you know, getting hit with a stick. It's just, if you're going to run up and down that thing, you know, your back issues, your heart explodes. Whatever. That's she what said, I was why, thinking. Would, <clears throat> why would you even want to go there? And I said, because... You know, I don't want to let go. and But she's right. So I'm going to phone James today and say, you know what? I'm going to pass. Well, that's the thing. I mean, a lot of guys, they give, even if you're, you say it's old guy pace, but it's hockey. Yeah. And we all have instincts. And as soon as yes. the play started to get a little bit like, oh, you're a chance to get the ball or whatever. And you'd, you know, you run a little quicker and you, you know, you blow a hamstring. You, or fuck up my knee, knee or, 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 or back problems. Your or, heart just says, no, I'm not doing oh, this. Oh, boy. Yeah, because exactly. I remember and I was told through my back surgery 20 years ago now that, you know, high impact stuff, stay away from it. And that's a gym floor and running shoes playing ball hockey is pretty high impact. So, like, what am I thinking? What am I doing? Listen, man, I um, last uh, year, I can't remember the people's name. They were very nice. They We were talking about pickleball, which is the, you know, fastest growing sport, in, you know, for old people. And I have... Uh, they've given us uh, nicely enough these pickleball paddles, which I've yeah. never actually used. Um, well, where I'm going in a couple of weeks, our friend and mentor Bill Hertz and his group, they all play pickleball. And I was thinking, yeah. should I bring the pickleball paddle? And I thought, all I need is to get into a pickleball thing and I go, I turn mm-hmm. the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but my buddy, uh, my, Mike Kimber, um, Dan knows him. I throw his name out. It doesn't mean anything. But he plays pickleball, and he's well into his 60s now. But he says they always play doubles. So he said it's pretty safe. Um, So they probably do that where Bill is. Sure. That way you've only got the one little square to look after. Yeah, you're not running all over the place. Yeah, it's not like ball hockey where you're. Okay. Going full shot. It's just a couple of steps this well, way, a couple of steps. No, I know, but that was kind of probably my, a good thing to do. But no, know? that was also my my point though. Is just the idea of it is I would go there, even though it's safe and old people play it. It would just be my luck that I'd be you know involved in yeah. a pickleball fracas. 
That but would one night of ball hockey and then, you know, get some chronic thing would be uh, just not worth it. All right. Well, listen, <clears throat> we're going to start this show now. Uh, we do have some uh, guests that are coming on in here in a couple of minutes time. Dan Duran will come back with his news. But first, why don't you do uh, the introduction? Right. The, the beginning of the show. Yeah, let's begin the show. Yeah. It's, we can't remember the beginning. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. this episode That's because of you're Humble turning Fred. 65. That's why. You can't remember. <laughs> This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in trendy Toronto, picturesque Peterborough, and Fred's Brampton basement. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Aaron Ventures, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. Eat what you want to eat, drink what you want to drink, and be who you want to be. Enjoy classics like the legendary four-cheese spinach dip and unforgettable chicken wings. Fuel your adventurous spirit that craves something a little different, a little more original. And now, here are two men who personally understand why Russia and the Koreas like to launch missiles just before bedtime. It's Humble and Fred. Well, that's great. Thank you, Don Daru. Uh, thanks, everyone. Uh, Stu Stone, uh, I talked about him yesterday, and uh, you know we had him on. Him and I'm not sure if his partner was with us, but Stu and uh, brother-in-law Adam Rodness. Actually, Adam was here when they told the story of having all their equipment stolen. Uh, this is when they were shooting this film. The Van, I'm, I'm going to get it wrong. It's called Van Vandits. Mm-hmm. They were shooting it in Winnipeg. Had a bunch of equipment stolen. A bunch of people there in the film industry. They'll tell the story anyway. Uh, they're coming up here in a few minutes' time. I've seen a couple of the clips from the movie. It's, it looks really, really good. Jan Arden's in it. Guy from Trailer Park Boys. And it uh, looks like a big-time uh, film. And you know what? These kids, uh, kids, they're, they're men in their 30s and 40s. Mm. But we, want, we only want well for them. They're good boys. Um, let me tell you about the Chambers Plan. Yes, sorry. Here, yeah. Let me get you some uh, Chamber Plan music. How about we just go back to the this thing? It's still playing, by the way. It's still playing the song. <laughs> yeah. You know, we talk about age, and that's one thing about the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. If you have a small business and you have employees over 65, this works well for them. We can attest to that. We are members of the Chamber Plan. And me at my advanced age, 67, you're not 65 yet. Because once you hit 65, a lot of travel things kick in, like as far as your credit card goes and stuff. you got to be aware of that. And the price of insurance, if you buy it, you know, sort of as a rider, when you go away on specific trips, can be very expensive. But hey, the Chamber Plan, their travel... Their travel... Um, plan works well for old guys and don't i know it chambers of commerce group insurance plan canada's number one group benefits plan for small business you can get a free quote today i mentioned travel insurance but you know others may look at the more important stuff you know the prescriptions and the dental plans and the therapies it's all there take the time today you can do this for your employees your employees of your small vibrant company they will love you for it. Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Frederick. Do you have a great idea for a small business or side hustle? That's right. Uh, this song is still going on. Maybe it's that brilliant idea you've been dreaming about and sitting on for a while. We've been talking to uh, entrepreneurs for the last few months who have availed themselves of the expertise that is GoDaddy. 
Maybe you're coming up with an online store. Maybe you've been uh, wanting to sell your products. There's no better time than now to get it online. You can find your domain, create your website, and finally bring things to life. With GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 phone support, they're here to help you every step of the way. Every step of the way. You can even start your website for free with GoDaddy today. And try it out. No credit cards even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Now, I know, I know, I know, normally we do the emails on Thursday. Right. But I uh, received uh, a disturbing email. I thought I'd share it with you. I don't think you saw it. I think I did. From that woman? No, no, no. That, was, oh, okay. that wasn't disturbing. That was just a mistake. Yeah, I was going to save that till yeah, tomorrow because you can answer it. You, you weren't upset about it. I don't know why she thought you uh, were. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. But anyway, we'll explain it tomorrow. Uh, I don't even want to say who this is from. I, mean, I was kind of surprised when I saw it because I thought, oh, I don't really remember this person. Because it, it, you know, I thought maybe it was one of those conspiracy nuts I used to correspond with before I, when I thought it was just kind of cute. Remember those days? That's kind of what Obama was saying. Remember when we all thought it was crazy that some people was question, were questioning his birth certificate? Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, I started reading this email, and it's I see that it's to me. And then I went and did a search of the person's address and seen that there was, there's been correspondence between this person and I over the course of the time we've been doing this podcast. Anyway, uh, I didn't realize in looking at some of the other correspondence that he was this type of dude. I'll just read it. I'll read it to you now. Mm-hmm. Hey, Howard. Uh, howdy, Howard. Hope all is going well. How's your pal Dean the Rat Blundell doing these days? He's a genuine piece of shit with his doxing of freedom lovers. So at first I'm like, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Okay, I, I get that you don't like Blundell, but what he doesn't like Blundell for, right? and in this case we agree with Blundell, is that Blundell makes a lot of fun and, and sort of chirps and you know, is a uh, is like us when it comes to the freedom convoy people. Oh, oh, you know, and I'll, I'll tell you right now, Dean's done a very good job with that. Yeah, because he's done like a deep dive into it. You know, spends a lot of time with it, and explains a lot, get gets guests on about it. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I think he's done a great job that way. So that line, you know, it's surprising, you wouldn't maybe expect that from him. Like you know, given the type of radio show traditionally he had somewhat like ours but yeah he's right into it and, and and i will say now that and to dean's also to add to dean's credit in this was right into it immediately i mean this was yeah. the and, and a lot of dean's you know sort of points of view are similar to ours but so mm-hmm. i read i read so i read that sentence how's your pal dean blundell doing he's a genuine piece of shit with his doxing of freedom lovers i'm like well okay mm-hmm. then he goes on yeah. to talk about uh, some story he's included about a trans sex attacker, and he says, since Eileen was very offended that I, this person that wrote us, that I questioned drag queen story time, her support of their agenda speaks volumes. And I was like, okay, well, wait a second. Excuse me, Eileen hasn't been on the show here for a few years, so maybe he's a bit behind. I don't know. And then his last line, tell Freddie to go fuck himself for me as well as I still support the orange bad man. I'm like, who is this guy? Um, because for some reason, he's not telling me to go fuck myself. Like for like he like he thinks I I also support Trump. Anyway, it was a bit confusing right. this note, mm-hmm. and uh, so I sort of wrote him back that said, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Eileen hasn't been on the show. The convoy's a piece of shit. And I said, you know, I said, here's what I said. Here's what you should do. I said, you know. 
if you'd like to come on the show and explain your support of Trump, I said, I'm sure we could find a spot. And then you can tell Fred to go fuck himself yourself. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought, okay, here's a chance. Okay, smart guy. Come, you come on this program and we'll give you, we'll give you the forum for you to explain how you still support the orange bad man. Now, I don't know, is is he, is he screwing with us or whatever? But I, I just thought it was all a little bit curious, which is why I know. I don't know. No, we don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, He's not a guy in our universe. It's interesting, you know, they've had that inquiry into the Emergencies Act, and it's funny, these people that are just trying to hold on to justify that convoy, how their arguments are just being, well, riddled with bullets. Because, you know, the evildoers or the organizers, you know, really their backgrounds and what they were up to and what they actually did and how the lives of the average Ottawaan Mm-hmm. Uh, was affected it's like oh my goodness it's like they like the idea of the emergency act inquiry but through this we're finding out who these people were and again we're not talking about the people that went originally we're talking about the people that were still there at the end you know canada's deplorables sorry no getting around it so when you get a, a, a note like that, you can't help but think, what goes on in somebody's mind like that that just still wants to hold on to that? And, and well, what's weird, too, is, is I, I had uh, searched my Gmail to yeah. see the kind of correspondence we've had from that person. And I'm going to yeah. tell you, up until mm-hmm. quite recently, it was all positive. Love the show. Mm-hmm. Love the Nut Hut shit show. Uh, right. All that stuff. Somewhere, this person went the other way which happens to a lot of people here you know the this person was not i'm not saying they're radicalized but this person is definitely at some point in the correspondence with us zigged <laughs> you know what i mean like they oh. went they went in that direction howard i had a i heard a thir- theory the other day on that and again you know you try to keep an open mind and i accepted it to a certain extent it's the far left and this woke and the cancel culture is is becoming such a thing now that a lot of people are looking at that and saying, I don't want that. I reject that. And it's actually driving them the other way. For better, for worse, uh, for right or for wrong. That's something that I can get my head around. It's just that side is becoming so weird that way. <clears throat> I reject it by actually opening myself up to the other side. That's all I can think of. Like, to me, on some level, that's valid. Because that's getting out of hand, too. It's like, it's it's, it's crazy. Um, well, let me just think about what you said. I, I know that I'm, have, I'm hearing more and more conversations from different people in my you know, ever shrinking universe about, oh, you know, this woke culture. And, and I don't right. really know. Again, it's one thing to have it as an intellectual, like we're having a discussion about it. It's another thing to go. I find it so frustrating to have to use somebody's different pronouns that I actually side with the people that occupied. No, let me just finish that. I, I, I know maybe I'm not saying everyone. I'm not saying you, but to be pushed to becoming anti-vax because that's what that is. It's the anti-vax. It's the anti-woke. And I get it. Maybe that is pushing somebody in that direction but it's a long way to go from you know i don't want to use you know i don't want to have you know people getting uh, into these discussions about people you know gender neutral and whatever all the way to let's you know take over a city for a month no no i don't think so much it's the pronouns and stuff it's the cancel no I know, I know i'm just saying it's that people, as a, 
Yeah, it's the free speech thing. You know, like, you know, you might have an opinion, you're afraid to say it now, and it's a valid opinion, but you're afraid to say it because of the reaction you may get, because it's maybe just a little to the right or whatever. Like, like who knows? And, I, and listen, that's not me. And No, I know. All I'm saying, when I heard that, I thought, boy, could that happen to people? I guess. A hundred percent. But I like, and I only use that as, I'm not saying that is the example. I'm just using that as a sort of a extreme example of like, well, I don't want to do this. So like if the people that went over to that side, the anti-vax, the Trump is still, the guy still, the guy is supporting Donald Trump. Now, maybe he's yanking our chain and he'll hear this, but like, that's a long way to go because you, you think that, you know, you shouldn't make jokes about trans people anymore. I get it. No, I know. I know. It's uh, it's just adds to the complexity of the times we're in. It, it, it yes, just does. It's, that I will agree with. It, it, these are complex times. And um, that, one, one thing I will say, and it's funny through all these primaries and everything, just quickly, it's, you know, right now what we're going through is Trump's economy. It is. It takes a couple of years. Listen, Biden hasn't even been around for two years and they're hanging it all on him come on well, it's, it's, it's everyone it's no we can talk about it after but it's, it's everyone's yeah. economy like yeah. if you, you know the, yeah. the entire like i said to you yesterday about going back into a lockdown we were in a different headspace mm-hmm. two years ago going into that first series of lockdowns yeah it was almost buoyant like i was i remember this the first week of lockdown in march of 2020 how we all got on zoom calls with our friends and family we thought oh this will be our way to keep in touch during this fun little time (laughs) fucking how long did that last Mm -hmm. um hey speaking of changing tone let's get right to this hey hey, let's let's change i've been talking about these guys for two days this is how it all began with us and Stu stone but we're you know we're updating our references because now the kid adam kid i don't know how old these guys are i call everyone anyone under 50 now <laughs> that's right anyone under 50 i just call you kid the uh, welcome back to our program Stu stone and adam rodness from uh, vend it's boys boys right. or if you're like adam and you have a beard and it's not gray mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right i got i actually have a couple stragglers coming in here. Yeah, right. yeah well wait call it hey when your pubic hair turns white you give us a shout mm-hmm. i will which, i will which, you guys will get the exclusive for sure. which will be the name of your next film Stu stone welcome back to wait, this does program. that actually happen do the pubes turn gray dude Is that it's a real- all it's no good down there it's no good it's salt and oh, pepper and it starts to look really angry down there. oh yeah angry. oh def it gets out of hand mm-hmm. guys uh, um well, you it's know great to be back on that note yeah you know what i don't know if Stu, you saw i retweeted uh your announcement of the uh, movie i just thought the clip was so funny and so clever and and i was talking we were talking to our audience here about how you guys came on when was the story of the equipment being stolen was a, like literally a year ago almost to the day like it's uh november 15th last year it was crazy and you got enough of uh the community there in winnipeg to help you guys out to finish the film and well, uh, not even to finish the film to start the film to start I mean, the film a, they, they, they stole our gear the day before we were started we were supposed to start shooting and uh we had nothing except a dream <laughs> but uh you know we took a page out of uh, humble and fred's book and we 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 hit the airwaves and we got uh, we got the word out there and we got really lucky that there were like some local companies out in Winnipeg and Whites, who's a big supplier in Canada, gave us, uh, you know, we, we were able to piecemeal together a couple light stands, a couple sandbags and we were ready to go. 
Dude, you have uh, something going on with your with your tooth. You have a tooth, a toothache. Say what? Adam wants to know if you have a toothache. He thinks there's something going on with you your mouth. Like, you don't sound like yourself. I don't know. What are you talking about? <laughs> this sounds like our... Sounds fine to me. Yeah. How about you? I, no, but this yeah. conversation is exactly like our show. Hey, just, let's just That's stop right. for a second. This fucking audio is all fucked yes, up. Yes, I have an abscessed tooth. What about... <laughs> <laughs> but do you, do you have... Is there a dental thing going on? I don't know what you're talking about. Because you sound like uh, you sound like you sound like your cousin Julie right now. I'm not even joking. There's like there's like a, a little bit of a lift. Oh, oh, lift. oh, oh here we go. This Howard is, sounds like his aunt Ruby. Good thing that you brought me and Adam on together. You know, Adam. You know, you know, Adam. Just, while I'm looking at Adam giving you gears about your bad tooth, Adam's got a Shia LaBeouf vibe going on, and I don't think I yeah. noticed it before. Is that was that correct? Do people say that about you, Adam? Um, yeah, my mom. My mom really likes to rub it in my face. He took a uh, picture of Shia LaBeouf into supercuts and said, "Make me look like this." <laughs> um, well, now that we've, we're back on the rails here, I wonder: is there any reference in Vandits? Which uh, opens, by the way, tomorrow night. I love how our, you know, I got to show you guys the notes from Boone. Because you know what a promoter Boone is. So he's telling us, he usually gives us show notes. In the show notes today, he says, blah, 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 Stu Stone, brother-in-law, Adam Rodness. Here's the movie. It premieres Thursday, Scotiabank. If you want to say hi to Humble and Fred producer Toronto Mike, he'll be at Thursday night's premiere. So get your tickets. (laughs) I'm like, only Boone would say that. I love it. It's like, okay, it's not just enough to go to the movie, but if you want to meet me, that's big. That's big. You'll get to see Toronto Mike out in the wild. Hopefully, he will be wearing pants, and it will be a great time. Will he be signing? Mm. <laughs> that's yes. right. I, I feel. I feel. I feel like the fourth wheel on this conversation. Does he not wear pants? Is that the thing? I don't know, but he, he rides his bike everywhere. I guarantee he'll be cycling to the uh, to the premiere. Are you guys excited about this movie? Because I saw, like I said, I saw some of the uh, the trailer, and it's. Adam, it's a, and I hate to sound like a Canadian dink, but it looks like a really big budget film done for a short, uh, you know, less than a big budget, you know, budget. I think like that's, you know, when, when we go out and we make these films, that's exactly what we try to do. We, uh, you know, throughout the Canadian funding system, we're only allotted a certain amount of money that we could raise, Um, you know, as we were trying to prove to people what we could write and produce, you know, we, we, we started off to making a hundred thousand dollar movies. Um, and so this is our biggest budget film yet. Um, just around the million dollar mark, which is great. Um, so we've kind of, you know, st- came up that ladder and, and, uh, we convinced a bunch of amazing people to be in it. We, you know, we got Rob Wells from the trailer park boys, we convinced Jan Arden to come out to, to play uh, our snack shack lady, Blanche, um, Tony Napo, uh, Enrico Colantoni, who is, uh, you know, a Canadian legend. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, West legend. Broadway By legend. the way, favorite uh, Enrico role, Galaxy My, Quest. Galaxy Quest, Mal- Malthazar. Malthazar, exactly. Malthazar. Um, uh, Tony Napo, I mentioned, Francisco Antonio, uh, Victoria Turco, who's a, a newcomer out of Winnipeg, and Jesse Camacho, who's killing it right now on Netflix on his series Lock and Key. So, like, we, like, lucked out on this cast. We flew everyone down 
to Winnipeg, convince them to be in this movie that has to, you know, you, we're going to live in a bingo hall for three weeks and one hour north of Winnipeg, which is gorgeous in November. And uh, and then all of our shit gets stolen the night before. Mm, and wow. It was just like <laughs> insanity. But we try to, you know, put as much production value as possible onto the screen. I'm, I'm really happy that it, it, that the movie came out the way it did and the trailer speaks for itself and the movie holds up too. So we're really so, we are, we're pumped. So on a million dollar budget, Stu, uh, and having a, a one week run at uh, a movie theater, the uh, Scotiabank in Toronto, just walk us through a couple of things. What's the plan now? When can the rest of the country see it? How do you make money back? Just, just let us know. I know this isn't, I don't get too personally, but how does it actually work here in Canada, Stu? Uh, well, basically, the movies. This is our first time having one of our films play in the Cineplex theaters, so this is a big achievement for us. So we're very excited about that. It's actually playing in sev- several cities across Canada. Uh, I know we're all playing in Winnipeg. We're playing in Halifax. We're playing in all the big markets, and uh, you know that's going to be a great. That's going to be great for us. And then uh, on December first, it goes to Hollywood Suite, which is uh, a great broadcaster in Canada, and it'll be. A- they're going to be having a free preview in December. So really, this is like a calling card for the Hollywood suite to have people, you know, log in and see what kind of original content they, they're making, which is this. And uh, that's going to be really great. So how do we make money? Well, people have to come out and see the movie in the theater, obviously. That's that's the start. And then there'll be sales over, you know, in America, there'll be a sale. And then we'll start hitting other territories. And eventually, you know, you add up enough nickels and you make a dollar. You know, I really admire you guys because it's such a huge undertaking. You know, I think it was John Hamm I heard talking about not really being interested on the other side of the camera because you go and you act, you do your part, and you walk away. And then the other people who are left, they have to put this thing together after. You know, you do the movie, and now you have to put together what a huge undertaking that is. And people of that level, often they have budgets where if you're going to run over budget, hey, they can handle it. But when you have $1 million and you've got to produce a movie, and I'm sure you're looking at the running total all the time, it's got to, it's got to obsess you, like overtake you. It's, uh, it's brutal. Yeah. It's brutal. It goes, it, it's, 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 how about this? It's never enough money, and it's never enough right. time. Because... right. You know, and, and we always try to, to write. The good thing is, is that Stu and I, have, we, we, we curate these scripts so that we know what we're walking into. So it's not like we're going to option someone else's script and be like, OK, now let's try to, you know, shove this into a low budget um, uh, feature. It's like, no, 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 we're going to create this thing, curate it so that we know that we have X amount of locations with X amount of actors you know, we can maybe put some money aside here for like, you know, to bring in a few marquee names. Um, and then, you know, where are we going to shoot it? And then, the, you know, the Canadian system really helps us with the funding. The Canadian tax credit is, is the biggest, greatest thing for any Canadian producer to take advantage of. Um, you know, we're able to go and, and shoot stuff, get a rebate, borrow the money, pay them back in a year and a half, mm-hmm. you know, have the funding sources like the Canadian media fund who's invested in this movie, um, our Canadian distributor uh, also came on with some cash. We had some private investors. We kind of like had a little melting pot of financing. And, and Adam, if I can just jump in for people who don't really know, yeah. like that's one of the reasons that some of these productions would go, say, to Manitoba or Saskatchewan mm-hmm. because they have uh, an incentive for filmmakers like you guys 
Yeah. Essentially, like to compare it, you know, Ontario offers a max. If you go shoot in the north, like in Sudbury, for instance, which is like a plethora of productions going on now up there, you're getting 40% back on your dollar that you spend. Where wow. in Manitoba, you're getting 65% back on your labor, which is unreal. It's just, it's crazy. Now, obviously, you know. So does that, sorry, so does that stretch your budget from a million to a million six in, a, in effect or, no. or again, I know this isn't, no. I know exactly. Just means you can do more within it. Get, yeah. That's how we get to a million. Oh, I see. Okay. We, we, bring four, we bring $4 and we get $10. I get it. You know, okay. But, but, you know, then you got to use the Winnipeg local people to be your crew and cast, which is fine too. But listen, man, we started out the gate down 30 grand because we lost all our gear. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's so, right. You know, it's, 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 and, and then, you know, the money that we spent on the gear that we thought we were going to have, that gear never showed up again. So I'll tell you though, this has probably been the, the, the greatest thing to ever happen to our movie. Do you know how many, all of a sudden we're the biggest news story and not mm-hmm. only in, in Manitoba, but across the country, like it must've been the slowest news day. <laughs> That's crazy. Line up. With our shit getting stolen, like we were on right. every news outlet, it was incredible. We got picked up by the Hollywood Reporter last week. I saw the uh, I saw the article, and I, and I'm going to ask you something. Listen, when we we just passed our 11th year of doing this podcast together, and when we started, we were talking about our little bit of the origin story, and one of the things that Fred and I kind of thought when we started doing it on our own was that maybe a big time radio station. This is very early, would pick us up, and we would get back to being you know, the, the whatever, a different opportunity. Is it partly, and again, I say this respectfully to the two of you, are you, are you hoping now at some point to get a big American distribution deal and a, some movies is where you're making $10 million movies and you guys are finally getting paid with your, is that a that fair? Would be, that, that would be great. And you could, and hopefully my mom is listening so she can hear that there is some optimism here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I'll, I mean, listen, I'd be happy to, to tell you guys. Uh, I'm sure Adam's going to be texting me that I shouldn't have said this, but Adam and I just signed a deal with Kevin Hart's company that we literally just signed yesterday to develop a couple of projects, including a spinoff of our Faking a Murder movie. Nice. So, you know, these things are starting to happen for us now. Okay, well, there really, you go. Which is, you know, which is really exciting. I don't think we're ever going to not be Canadian filmmakers because that's who we are and that's, you know, how we came up. And the system here is just set up for guys like us now. It's like now that we've cut our teeth, now we're getting some support. It's, 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 not, as an, it's not as much of an uphill battle as it was even a year ago. So hopefully it'll just continue to become more. Uh, well, listen, congratulations. Say, you well, know, I'm not going to say easy, but hopefully things are going to start to get a little bit easier. It's interesting how that hard work pays off, because even at our level with the podcast, you know, we're into our 12th year. Over the years, people have said, hey, we want to do that. And then they try to put one together and they realize the work involved and then. All of a sudden, they're not doing it. I imagine there's a lot of young filmmakers like that too, because it's such oh, a yeah. huge. There's such a huge undertaking that halfway through, it's like this is too much for me. I, I can't do it. Well, let me you guys, that. you guys follow it through, and now you're the fruits of your labor are are here. Yeah, a hundred percent. To give you an example, like Stu and I started writing the script in 2016, so it took us five years to get the script to wow. be committed to finance 
Um, throughout those five years, we're making $100,000 movies. We're doing music videos. We're producing commercials. We're, you know, doing just in, uh, online content, whatever we could do, right? Mm-hmm. We're auditioning. Like, you know, I'm auditioning. There's, you know, we're doing voice work. We're, 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 you got your hands and you can't just focus on one thing, right? No. And when people ask, like, how do I break in? I'm like, well, you can't just be a director, unfortunately. Right. You gotta, you gotta learn, be a director, but also learn how to edit. Now, also learn how to do special effects because those are the guys that are getting the work that could be this kind of, um, you know, Swiss Army knife. Well, I was gonna say you just described my youngest who uh, graduated a few years ago, and they've been doing some first ading on some webisodes, and then they got a grand her and her ex boyfriend to produce a music video, and they've got a student film, and I'm gonna tell you, and they also audition for voiceovers and such, and. You know, I can tell you, and I've said this to her, Fred's son is a freelance uh, camera guy. It's not for everybody, but for the people that understand what you just described, Mm -hmm. that you've got to have a bunch, you've got to be comfortable doing a lot of other things until the one day Kevin Hart's company comes to you and says, okay, now here's a bunch of money, maybe a bunch more money uh, than you're used to, but you've got a track record of having produced, correct me guys, isn't this your third one that we've talked about? The, this is the third one we've talked about. It's actually our sixth, uh, our sixth movie. It's insane. We started this in 2015 on like, I don't even know how the hell we got this deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got our first deal to do a movie that we wrote in two days. But still, you know what my was, point is? Kevin Hart wouldn't have had had the confidence in you guys had you not right. done three, four, or five productions. Yeah, no, you're 100 percent right. I mean, you have to you have to literally pay your dues. It's not a joke. It's not a. It's not just an expression. Hey. It also takes a, a a certain type of person to live day to day, not really knowing what your income is going to be either. Yeah, there's a lot nothing, of stress that goes with stable, that. There's mm-hmm. nothing stable about it. I mean, yeah. you, you it's, we don't have a job. We go clock in every day, nine to five, mm-hmm. and come home. It's like we work on this movie and then it's over, and now you don't have another thing. <laughs> so it's like Adam said, you have to like always be setting up your next thing, even when That's you're right. in your thing. That's right. So even when we were shooting Vandits, we were pitching seven other things, and yeah. you know now it's start now things are starting to hit, and now everything hitting at the same time. It's, it's uh, well, there you know, it's go. a good time to own an umbrella. That's all. Well, dude, another, real- another, another piece of advice. Yes, just what has worked for me is is for aspiring filmmakers or people who are working in the industry is always just immerse yourself in content in your industry. Like when you're in the car. Don't listen to like fuck the rock and roll. Listen to a film podcast. Listen to you know uh, the, uh, a business podcast of the industry. Learn surround yourself with what's going on. It's good you know, advice. All, all of a sudden, we have like amazing people coming at us because we're we're networking, but we're learning through you know other podcasts and, and other people who've gone through the experience. And it's it sounds a little hokey wokey, but like you know that positive energy and bringing stuff in and just being surrounded by all this stuff really does make it real. And that becomes your full-time job. It, it is your job um, just to keep learning and, and, and just keep in it even when you're not working. Um, so that's another piece of advice. Okay. Will you, will you guys still come on our show after the Oscar or what? No. <laughs> no. 
Oh, okay. Sure, Adam goes, no. Stu's like, yeah, of course I will. Uh, all right, listen, Adam Rodness, you sweet bar mitzvah boy. Stu Stone, I'm glad you got your teeth fixed or whatever Adam's yeah, fucking. Yeah, I don't know what was the going fuck on that was. But you it know what? It must have been a glitch. I'm well, sorry. I didn't mean to call you out. Okay, but listen, we got to take 30 seconds here and let everyone know that Vandits opens Thursday. And give me the elevator pitch, Adam or Stu, and why should we go see Vandits beside the fact that it's a hilarious romp, uh, whatever. What is it? What, what's the uh, what's the what's the tagline? Uh, it's I'll do mine, Stu. You can do yours, but it's four stoner idiots who have a bright idea to knock over a senior citizens bingo hall on Christmas Eve. Fantastic, Stu. <laughs> uh, yes, and uh, it will be playing in Toronto at the Scotiabank Theater starting Thursday and every day after that. Please go see it. You might see Mike Boone will be signing autographs. <laughs> That's right. Uh, also, T- tomorrow uh, night only, your chance to meet the great t- Humble and Fred producer, Toronto Mike, at yes, the uh, premiere. Uh, <laughs> Listen, uh, no, man. But honestly, this is you, when something comes along like this, you should support it. Not just because it's ours, but like, you know, Canadian uh, comedy and on Canadian ensemble comedy like this hasn't been done on a big scale like this in a long time. There's been a lot of successful TV shows that have been out there uh, on the world stage, like Shit's Creek and Trailer Park Boys. Rob, of course, is in our movie. Uh, Corner Gas, uh, you know, there's these great Canadian television ensemble comedies that have been big on the world stage. And now, you know, hopefully if we can get some success and some some shine on our movie, it'll open the door for more. For more. Well, listen, muzzle tough to you, too. Comedies. Yeah, Stewie, I got to tell you, we got to wrap things up. But I was I was thinking of you on the way home. I was uh, coming back from uh, I was uh, in France visiting a friend and I was listening to Mark Marin's uh, interview with uh, Bob Saget. And I because I was thinking oh, about boy. you coming on. And I listened to the entire yeah. thing, and and uh, what a sweetheart! Like you and your and your brother-in-law. Listen, you two, congratulations! All the best Thank with you, bandits. We'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. Yeah, man. Okay, take care. There's Adam Rodness, Stu Stone. I love the. You know what? Very happy for them. Very happy for them. And and my favorite part though is when. <laughs> That's <laughs> just when it came to a bit of a grinding halt there. When he was asking him about his teeth, they're like, yes, I fucking love that. Yeah, it sounded like Stu to me. I, uh, I, I Yeah, I didn't hear anything, but... Uh, yeah. uh, do you want to uh, tell us, my friend, uh, can you just pop in with a little information for the folks? Hey, Game 4 of the World Series tonight is a toss-up. Last night, the Phillies blasted the Astros 7-0, took a 2-1 series lead. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But uh, tonight, uh, toss-up... Uh, the over-under on the uh, game is uh, 7.5. All right. Uh, this is just uh, one of the many things you can wager on at Bodog. And you can bet against the Leafs tonight. Why not? They're losers. <laughs> what is the matter with you? Why? <laughs> you just hate your team now. I like, you know. Come oh, on. they're just painful. The whole thing. I thought they were a superstar uh, regular season team. And I, not only am I tired of the way they play, I'm tired of the stories around. It's the same old stuff. I can it's hear it in your voice, decade man. Decade after decade after decade. It's like, just go away. <laughs> um, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sports book and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1990. Bodog. Bodog. Uh, all right, we'll just hang on a second while I get this uh, music up. Oh, there it is. See if you can. Actually, one of my favorite. Do- can you hear this music? 
This program is uh, brought to you by Kelsey's Canada's original Roadhouse. This is Roadhouse Blues. Eat what you want to eat, drink what you want to drink, and be who you want to be. Enjoy classics like the legendary four cheese spinach dip and unforgettable chicken wings. Freddie and I are going to be winging it up on uh, Monday. <clears throat> Get a little get-together at Kelsey's. And we'll report back. Fuel your adventurous spirit that craves something a little different, a little more original. What is today? Wednesday. Kelsey's loves being social so much that they celebrate it twice a day. Roadhouse social hours every day, 3 to 5 and 8 to close. Rain or shine, they always pour. Why not try one of their exclusive lineup drinks like the refreshing Route 78 Citrus Hard Soda or North of 41 Degrees Draft Only $6. Double the hours, double the social. Kelly's. Sorry, Kelsey's. The original Roadhouse. Visit Kelsey's.ca for more specials. Taxes extra. Must be legal drinking age. Yeah, man, that... uh, I mentioned uh, Spencer's... uh, It was really interesting because uh, they got out of school and then... What what those guys were describing is what they did. Spencer's been working on a bunch of different type of productions and then... You know, got some advice and applied for one of those grants. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a big budget. Which isn't easy. It's in not itself. easy. That's one. You know, it's funny. I said that to them. I said, you know, you should be really proud of yourself because a lot of people talk about doing this. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's got to jump through a lot of hoops. It's a lot of hoops, dude. And, and you're and, it's a, and there's a lot of checks and balances. Mm-hmm. But at the, I said to Spenny, I said, the great news for you guys and their little production team. Mm-hmm. I said, the great news is now that you've done it once. And, and if you can, you know, go through the process because they monitor your spending and they set up accounts for you. This, you know, what those guys said, we really do have a system here in Canada that if you're industrious, you can benefit from it. But you, but you can't you can't be you can't be a dog fucker. <laughs> and that's what most people don't get about the way our industry works. It's there's opportunity for those that are relentless. We've seen it in our We've been it, but that's what my youngest is. They're relentless. And so they got the grant and they're spending it correctly. They've got all the monitoring done. And that just leads to the next time you get to get another one. That's what they do. They give them to people that they've seen know how to handle it. And again, as I said to the fellas, um, it's such a huge undertaking. It just takes a special person, you know, as, as you just displayed there. It's. It's such a huge, when it comes to visual, it's such a huge undertaking. I mean, we put on this show every day, and I referred to John Hammond just the way, again, he described it. He said, you know, it's one thing to shoot a movie. That's fun. Everybody's laughing. Ha, 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 ha. Then you walk off the set. You've filmed it all, and now the work begins. The marketing, the editing, the, you know, the tweaking the sound, and just on and on all the boring stuff all the stuff that's not you know saying the funny lines and moving on and yeah oh yeah and the people involved and they've all got to be paid and they've all got to be looked after and it's again i could see you know incidents you know we talk about people giving up on podcasts i can see that too a lot of people you know they have this great idea for a film but halfway through the work is just so overwhelming that you can't do it you can't it's not in your makeup you know, well, even when I when I first when Danny first got out of school and I was in this little company, 
you know, again, it's where the podcast began in this, in this sort of studios and offices of this company I was involved with. I remember, you know, Danny and I joking around on the set, but there would be 30 or 35 people on our set. And yes, on that day, I was doing the hosting part, but I had been in all the meetings and all the budgets. And it's, it's hard, aggravating work. The set part's fun, you know, joking around with Danny and, and having fun on, on, in, that, in that environment. But it's the editing. Like I, that, the, the thing that Melanie did, the, mm. the reality show, Last Bride Standing, it was great. We shot it over the course of three or four days and it was really cool. But I sat in an editing suite for almost six months mm-hmm. going over it. It was tedious. It's, and it's, I'll tell you what, I hated it. Hate right. that part. It's just, it's like when Dan used to make me uh, wind carts and produce commercials. Hated it. Because <laughs> it's, it's hard work. And the accountability to all those people when you're the guy at the top, it's like, I don't know how you sleep. I don't know how you're not every moment of the day. It's, again, obsessing you because just so much, so much. Dan Duran, uh, have you, I know you've been uh, in front of the camera for most, of your, uh, most yeah. of your career. And, and you, know, to our, you know, the three of us have always been guys that worked for other people and they did all the stuff. But in between my radio, when I got fired, I spent about three years producing corporate videos. And uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work. But I, I really got a taste of that side of the business where... You know, now you're doing all the organizing and all the behind the scenes work, not like the fun little yelling into a microphone part. And uh, there's some satisfaction in it, but there's a lot of accountability that is just tedious. That satisfaction has to be uh, the payoff, whatever satisfactions you get throughout the process. Because mm-hmm. from start to end, I mean, I, I, I don't think I've done, well, I haven't done as much corporate stuff as you have as far as start to finish kind of stuff, but I've done some of that as well. And it's, uh, you know, there's lots of boring parts in there that, that the, the, the heavy duty stuff is managing to plow through the, you know, being super, super patient while you're getting through all that dumb stuff but to oh. get to the, the final end product. But, you know, there's people along the way that like you're talking about being in the en- editing suite. You have a, a a guy that's in doing that. That's his job, and he loves doing that, right? He loves the the process of putting it together and no, the physical it, part. I'll tell you what, yeah. absolutely. And I had a great editor at uh, Acme. There are our little buddies, but uh, it's the sitting in there and having to do it. It's tedious. And, um, and when you're in Stu and Adam's position, where yeah, those guys are in there, but we have to pay them, and we can't run out of money. The stress that comes with that as well you know yeah well good for them like they sort of mentioned that they got picked up by kevin hart's uh production company which is great and i don't know what what that leads to but um you know in this world it's very much like our business you know people tend to trust people that have put in some time like they they've when they say they've paid their dues Mm -hmm. we've had them on promoting three of their films but as i said they've done six of these right it's people trusting people. Dan, have you finished your screenplay yet? We're anxiously awaiting that. <laughs> no, I started the first paragraph, and that's that's about it. I've got Dan got has a screenplay, ideas, but they never. What's Dan's screenplay? Me. He's been right. He's been working on a screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> has he really? I, listen, I'm I'm not surprised. He's a very creative young man. I did start a something or other on an airplane once. Did you really? Yeah, I did. I wrote, I wrote a few paragraphs that I just I haven't even looked at. It. I didn't even remember what it was about. It was a movie about a guy with a big dick. What do you think about? <laughs> what do you mean? Of course it is. Yes, I was wondering how we were going to get to Count Dicula. How we're going to resolve that? Yeah. 
And I, you know, listen, at the beginning of any uh, Dan Duran discussion, if you, if you don't have a punchline, you know one's always there waiting for you. <laughs> What's Dan's movie about? It's always in the way. It's this guy. It's always in the way. Uh, Come, we'll come out tomorrow. (laughs) Dan Duran. My Dick the Musical. (laughs) Dan Duran in Phantom of My Underpants. (laughs) On and on. On and on and on. Which means that we've run out of ideas and it's time for... Here's to a fella named Dan Duran. A hell of a guy with a hell of a big wang. With a quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman, comes As for credentials, he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang, so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from Girlfriend Lisa's house That's right now with news and views, here's Dan Duran. Do crosswords and save your brain. There's a new article in the New England Journal of Medicine, and they uh, they did a study with uh, 100 subjects. They did some computer-based tr- brain training games, uh, you know, a baseline kind of 12-week period. So some people played games that included memory tasks, matching tasks, spatial recognition tasks, and processing speed tasks. And the others did a crossword <laughs> puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I'm just laughing. Do, do any will any of these lead to an elderly person knowing how old they are? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Please continue. The subjects were aged 55 to 95, uh, average age of 76. So in there. So basically, after 78 weeks, they they did the test all over again, and the people who did the crosswords were two points uh, um, higher on the scale than the uh, the other people who had just a minimal amount of, of improvement in brain uh, cognitive ability of all that stuff that they were uh, examining. So the the point is, is that if you use your brain to do something like crosswords, you're uh, you're saving your brain. Well, we have a little family thing going on. We do word hurdle every day and we share our results with each other. And it's fun because sharing the results makes you want to do it every day. And I've noticed with uh, uh, Wordle and another one we put is word hurdle, which is six letters, I believe. And um, I, it's, you know, that is good exercise every day. It ta- you, you know, you're taking 10, 15 minutes to actually work your brain in a way that you normally wouldn't on any given day. And I know, Howard, you don't have the patience for the Wordle, but... Um, well, it's interesting you say that because for many years, you won't remember this because we're all, you know, all hundreds. But, uh, you know, I used to do the crossword every day. Yes. And it was something I didn't. Yeah. During the show, just to kill time sometimes in between songs, I just do. And I did that for years and years and years. And then when we yeah. got fired and I switched over to the Sudoku uh, for a while. But, uh, yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, I, I, I never got into the Wordle. Mm hmm world but uh, i'm happy that you guys are doing it dan do you still do it yeah i do it every day got it in two yesterday Jan, and generally really? yeah three or four is generally where i uh, well where that's I'm very impressive right now but you know I, I know if a side improved but by the way if uh, you go to the the new york times crossword thing they've got a uh so you i'm sorry with the the wordle there's another bunch of games you can play mm-hmm. and one of them is the mini crossword every mm-hmm. day they have a new mini oh, crossword and right. i do that at about in about two and a half three minutes every day it's you know oh. relatively simple it's not that many many uh many words to figure out but it's kind of fun and yeah, i felt good about it 
Elise does this one to, uh, called Quartal, too, I believe, and you have to get four words. It's too much for me. I just I don't have the patience for it, but she does that, and it's good. You know, we get to exercise our brain on this show as, as ridiculous as that sounds every day. We do. No, it's true. Um, it isn't ridiculous. Think about it, you know. But somebody else like her who's retired and is really detached from the workplace and, you know, that daily interaction, I think stuff like that is very healthy. Uh, and I don't think it's ridiculous uh, if, mm-hmm. you know, pu- even putting together the nonsense we talk about here. I mean, you know, yeah. you and I spend some part of every day going, oh, that'd be a good thing for uh, the show. Or, you know, my first hour, uh, you know, having my breakfast is uh, just get- getting things that I've put aside and, yeah. try- and trying to put them in some order and deciding what we're going to do. And those are all connections that were being made. Uh, for instance, Dan, did you uh, suss out a second uh, story, my friend? No, I, for- I forgot to. <laughs> <laughs> He's still trying to reconcile. Well, I've got a story for you. I thought if Dan doesn't have a se- do you have a second story? No, I don't. I don't okay. forgot all about it. Well, here's a second story. A sort of a news story, but I wanted to get your guys' thoughts about them. Not that this is new news, but it is becoming more and more a reality. And what I'm talking about is autonomous vehicles. Now, of course, I'm uh, just been getting into the uh, the EV net. EVnet.ca, that's, of course, our electric vehicle sponsor. We'll tell you more about them tomorrow. But there's a story now that they are testing in certain markets. I, I was in American City, so let's just call it something, maybe Phoenix, where they're testing autonomous taxis. And I thought, am I ready, the control freak that I am, am I ready to get into an autonomous vehicle to take me from the airport to an address that I give it? And I thought, I don't know if I am. I wonder if my boys are. Boys? No, I, 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 no, like I would be, I would be afraid the whole time, even though, you know, we've been conditioned the technology on many levels and examples is smarter than we are, so to speak. I don't know. I, I just be on edge. Like, yeah, that's what I would be. I'd be just waiting yeah. there the entire time. Like, okay, mm-hmm. it would, I would be just somewhat stressed that it's going to go off the rails, Dan. I uh, I want to accept it, yeah, but I don't too. think it's there yet. I mean, I will eventually, but I you know I've heard too many things about Tesla systems where where the like it recognizes most stuff, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, like on a big freeway or something, they'll oh no, they'll Tesla's it. flawless, flawless. No, no, I, I'll say this though, like like I I um. My buddy Dave has a car, and a Tesla, this, this one that I was driving a couple of weeks ago, is the first time I've been in one, is my current car is so old, it doesn't have this technology. I know most cars do now. The sensing other cars technology, whatever that is, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and in the Tesla, it's like, wow, because all of a sudden, literally, you're looking at a screen, and it sees all the cars around you. It's really, for situational awareness, it's amazing. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about sitting there in a car with no driver as it comes back from Pearson to downtown. I don't know about that. Uh, I'm not there yet. I don't, again, I don't think it's there yet. I don't think they've figured out all the algorithms of you know, the decision-making process. I'm not uh, try- I, I would trust it if it was a, a designated route that it did every single day to one point to like point A to point D. Like a B. drop-off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like it just it, it has it figured out, and there's only so many things that can happen in that route. I think that would I would go with that. But if it was just a random address like a taxi, eh, I'm not there yet. Not me. How do you ensure that? 
At what point do insurance companies take that on? There's going to have to be so much testing and, like, you know, high insurance premiums while it's being proved that this thing is flawless or next to flawless or safer, safer than... What insurance company is going to take that on? Well, think about this. Uh, Insurance is based on you know actuary actuary tables now that's that's hmm. how they insure your life they basically say this is everyone knows that anyway right. so but if there's a similar thing for cars that actuary has to be based on a big amount of data <laughs> that's the yeah. thing an that's enormous it. amount of data that shows that only one out of every 1 million hours whatever the fuck yeah. well there hasn't been that much data and i'm not scared of it by the way because i think something will happen but it's what you said i would just be a little bit on edge for the ride thinking what if something did happen and what if you're sitting there in the bag do you have any is there any way to override the system and it starts going off a ledge yeah, I think we're a long way. To me, it, that's not far off, you know, flying cars. You know, I mean, it's just how do you get your head around the, just how it's going to work. And, but in so our you're lifetime. More worried, you're, it's more about trust the, uh, in the technology or, or the use. No, I, for me, it's just like, I, I, I disagree with you that it's not there yet. They're there yet. I mean, they, they, mm. they have figured mm-hmm. that out. It's just they're not there yet for me. For my comfort. Yeah, and they're not, yeah, and they're not there yet for what you just said as far as, um, you know, a reference point of example and in time and, and how do you get there? You got to put them on the road for that to happen. Yeah, and that's in what the they're meantime, doing. What's that going to be like yeah. if there's problems? Like, honestly, if I'm in, a, you know, if I'm in the car with my family and I get hit by a driverless car that, or a driverless truck that, you know, um, Amazon is responsible for. Mm-hmm. What are those lawsuits going to be like? <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, I mean, Dan, I, I, I actually believe they figured it out. Obviously, again, I, I, I don't have a lot of uh, experience, but from hearing from Dave, who's got who's o- only been driving very, very late model cars, like he can go basically hands free and the car will keep itself kind of driving and i'm not talking about you know cruise control now i'm talking about it keeping it you know sort of without your hands on the wheel like to, uh, no no i know they, they've got that it's just the uh, exceptions what happens when um you know i think some and, and they may have improved on this but i remember there was a self-driving car that had there was an accident where uh, a truck pulled out from um from the middle of the uh, you know the the divider or something yeah. like that mm-hmm. and and it t-boned the thing because it didn't it couldn't figure it out it didn't recognize well, what freddie just said what happens outside. if that's an amazon vehicle and it's responsible and 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 you know um yeah. let's get back to this discussion in a second but first this important message cursing during your commute again do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home couldn't this have been an email when it feels like all that's left is work hard you know it's time to play it's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Uh, on the show tomorrow, uh, just uh, Dan and uh, a bunch of your emails and a bunch of uh, comments and concerns. And we certainly appreciate you uh, responding to our program, Humble and Fred. At HumbleAndFredRadio.com. Dan's going to reiterate that here in a second as he says goodbye. Uh, do we have anything, uh, you guys? Uh, well, I want to talk about the retirement Sherpa. Oh, it's my goodness. Stand by. It's his day. It is his day. But he's traveling. He's absorbing more information, more knowledge. 
more opportunity, I would say, for you as a consumer. If you need a guy, you need a guy to handle your money, he's the guy, Retirement Sherpa. Tim, a portfolio manager, Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Again, Tim, licensed on both sides of the border. We make that point very important. We have people on both sides of the border who listen to this podcast. And Tim, you know, he's down there for a portion of the year. So take advantage of that. RetirementSherpa.ca Um... Our uh, friends, the uh, Lumbies, have a, a podcast. I want to point that out. You can hear Dan on it. Uh, episode 40, I believe, was Dan being interviewed by Jeff and Julie. That's available uh, wherever podcasts are distributed. Of course, uh, produced by the Humble and Fred program. I guested on episode 41. 41. Yes. Uh, yeah, what a setup he's got there, man. Like uh, He's got his drum kit there in that little studio, and he's got these... <laughs> He's got these really, really expensive microphones. Like, what do we pay for these pieces of crap? These are like a few hundred bucks. Yeah, about 300, I think. Yeah, the shotgun mic. Well, he's got one that his dad had in his studio. It's like 40 years old. It's amazing. Yeah. But he's got this other shotgun mic. He said it was $2,000. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were listening back to the recording, and uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's, uh, not that ours isn't good. It's, you know, he, we're pumping out four a week. He's pumping out once a week. But he goes in, and he edits it, and he, it's quite, quite impressive, the uh, broadcast quality. So go check out Jeff and Julie. Move to France in a global pandemic. They've had a bunch of guests over the last month, and they'll probably talk about that on their next episode. So uh, we'd plug that. Right on. Don't, don't forget his uh, his studio is in an old prune oven, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny because that's what uh, Lisa calls Dan's backside. The old, <laughs> the old, the old prune oven. Oh yeah, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. See, that's not a dick joke, though. It's yeah. not oh, a dick ass. joke. It's an ass joke. <laughs> oh fuck yeah hey by the way i brought your i'm not sure whose glasses i brought back yours oh, or lisa mine, yeah. oh, okay yeah. Yeah, well mine. i've got them here oh good uh listen enjoy the uh sunshine everybody it's uh it's quite re- you know, i don't know what is uh, right now it's uh it's going there's a what is it going up to 17 today 19 friday and 20 on saturday 18 sunday come on ontario keep up the good work is it really snowing in Alberta? Well, it has snowed. It has like snowed. Oh, no, it's already snowed. The guy that was uh, corresponding with us yesterday said, uh, let me see what is Calgary. Calgary, Alberta. The guy, the, the guy with the nasty email? You mean? No, no, no. I'm saying one. No, that different guy was corresponding about uh, doing some work with oh, us. Okay. And uh, he said to me, his opening line was, uh, hello from snowy Alberta. Yeah, today's uh, Alberta right now, minus five, feels like minus 14, a high today of like one and some mm. snow. On Saturday, when it's going to be 20 degrees here, their forecast is for light snow and a high of minus one. Okay? Mm. Okay. That's why they hate us. That's why they <laughs> this, yeah. That's why everyone hates Toronto. And it's where good. Jeff is right now, it's 20 and sunny. Where Lumbia is? Oh, yeah. Where Lumbia is, it's yeah, like, yeah. as he says, it's like Narnia. <laughs> it is. Like, I, I'm not doing it, like I said to Freddie on Monday. Like, I know he's been to Tuscany. I, I think you have, too. I haven't. But uh, they describe this area of this of where Jeff lives, the uh, the Tuscany of France. And I can only tell you, like, it's mesmerizing, the uh, scenery. It's just beautiful. Yeah. 
That's a lot of work, but it certainly is, you know, very nice. It's good for a mind like Lumbee's. <laughs> I don't know. Calming yeah. on his. Oh, it's very calming. Yeah, he's completely different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> completely calmed down. He's very zen now. Yeah. Uh, Freddie, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Are you golfing again today? No, I don't know what I'm going to do today. I should do something outside. It's a beautiful day. Take advantage of it. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. Oh. Well, I'm definitely loading up on some drugs and uh, social distancing myself into a, a game of golf this afternoon. Yeah, one club away. Is that how you're going to keep everybody? Uh, now I'm going to have my own cart. I'm, just, I'm going with my buddy Paul. He's an old guy, too. So, Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there's... Uh, I said to you at the beginning of the show, it's kind of unprecedented because November, you know, normally sucks here, but yeah, well, yeah, I know I won't be watching the hockey game tonight. As I said earlier, I'm totally disgusted with that whole, you know, not that I've been watching a lot, but I'm going to really try and wean myself off it completely now. Yeah. What about the world series though? Where are we at with that? I die. Well, it's two one uh, for okay. Philadelphia. Uh, do you have any preferences? Philadelphia playing um, Astros, uh, Houston. right? Houston, right? Yeah, Houston. You know the cheaters from 2017 or whatever. So you know, I want the Phillies to win, and okay. the Canadian manager who I referenced yesterday, <laughs> <laughs> whatever his name is, whatever his name is. Yeah, um, yeah. I uh, I thought the Bills had a buy, but they didn't. They uh, when they I did was, the week before. Oh, the week before they had the buy. Mm-hmm. Right. When I, here's the thing: I've gone from like zero interest in the team. To a little mm-hmm. bit interest last year, to being in France, checking the the Bills score. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm they very beat Green Bay Sunday night, twenty seven seventeen, and they're they've really only they've only lost one uh, game this yeah. year, right? And they shouldn't have lost that one. Um, yeah, they play the Jets this weekend. Yeah. Okay. Oh, fantastic. Well, so there let's, you back, go. let's back up for a second. Oh, Can I just on. ask for? Yes. I just want to ask Fred something. When yes, you say please. you're going to wean yourself off the Leafs, does that mean that you will not uh, ta- absorb any kind of information about the Leafs, where their well, standings are? Or well, it's pretty hard to avoid it because it even you know when they suck, it even makes the news. But um, I mean, just watching it, oh, trying to concern myself with it because again, how, you got to be a masochist. You just keep taking it. Like right. Okay. So you won't be watching the games. You won't be watching the highlights. No highlights for you? No. No, no I will highlights. Not. What okay. am I way to watch anything like that? Yeah. No. You'll be aware of the score and the standings, though. Jesus, yeah. Dan. What is this? <laughs> I just want to know where you're saying. Well, well, it's pretty hard not to be aware. You know what I mean? I can go, hey, Google, play News Talk 1010, and the first thing, oh, the Maple Leafs played last night. You know what I mean? So it's hard to. Jesus. Dan, get your head out yeah. of your prune oven and get, let's get this show and fucking done. <laughs> let's wrap it up. Okay. Let's wrap up a show. Uh, no, I was just looking for an opportunity to say Dan's got a prune oven for keister um all right well this is fantastic thank you very much everybody enjoy the rest of your day and now to say so long in his inimitable way here's the dan Daru. this episode of humble and fred was brought to you by bodog the retirement sherpa the chambers plan GoDaddy, aaron ventures and our newest sponsor kelsey's canada's original roadhouse since 1978 eat what you want to eat drink what you want to drink and be who you want to be enjoy classics like the legendary four cheese spinach dip and unforgettable chicken wings fuel your adventurous spirit that craves something a little different a little more original 
You can email us, Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. And on whatever platform you're listening to, help us out by liking us, subscribing, giving us stars, that kind of thing. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, Fred's Lyrics Reimagined book is out soon, which includes the hit Somewhere Under the Rainbow. Ah. Just clap your hands. Just clap your hands. Where's that?